Okay, welcome everybody to today's live cast. And we are digging deep into investor sabotages. And I'm here with Georgina Coma that everyone should know by now. Georgina works really, really closely with investors, helping them understand their sabotages, what's limiting their wealth creation, and also Belinda Bailey is joining us. Belinda, you're an expert around people's patterns. Want to share a little bit about your past? Sure. What you've been doing? Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, look, I have a, a long history in working with people and groups, um, mostly around yeah, pattern detection, uh, finding out what are the patterns that individuals and groups are running that are stopping them from moving into their next level of success and then helping them to build new networks. So new internal networks to help them create new patterns, healthy patterns that help them to get exactly what it is that they want. Um, yeah, I'll probably leave it there for now. Great. So as I said, we're going to be working with investor saboteurs, something that Georgina has spent many years working with, and so have I. I want to start off by saying that, you know, for years we've been saying that it doesn't matter how much technical training you get as an investor. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are as an investor. If you don't clean up your unconscious belief systems and emotional drivers, you just can't reach the level of success that you would hope for as an investor. And that's a very strange sort of statement to say because you know, the thing about the unconscious is no one knows what's in the unconscious. And I was thinking about this the other day, Belinda and Georgina. And, you know, you watch all the educators out there teaching people to invest or to build businesses. And they do teach all the technical know-how, which is really, really important. They teach skills development. But they don't teach about the importance of really cleaning up the unconscious and I'm thinking well why don't they do that I mean that's a really hard thing to explain to people isn't it it's even it's, it's not a common concept hmm. is it it's just not a common concept so trying to educate people in that concept takes time effort and energy and we know as marketers that you don't go marketing to things that people don't know about right <laughs> you just don't do that However, this is the most vital and important element to mm. creating success as a, an investor. And another way of putting it, by the way, is that your unconscious scripts, your stories and belief structures define the result that you get in life. And unconscious scripts and belief structures are sewn into the unconscious at an early age through our families of origin. It comes through our bloodlines, from our ancestors, the way we think, the way we act, the way we behave, what we believe about money, what we believe about power, what we feel that we deserve. All these things are sewn into us at a young age. And we can be 40 or 50, but still being controlled by things we learned as a young person that no longer serve us as wealth creators. So I suppose to dig deep into the subject, I'm gonna go straight to Georgina. I'm gonna ask her, Georgina, what 
are some of the common patterns that you see in the investors that you work with that undermine them from achieving the financial results and lifestyle that they'd like? Thanks, Perry. Um, yeah, one of the things that I've noticed when I work with investors, when they get to a point where they're actually working on their mindset through working in a program or connecting with us, they may have been aware of conscious self-talk. So stuff, stories or comments that go on in their mind that they're aware of. But what we're really trying to help them get to understand is the deeper unconscious comments that are going through. One of the things that I found that a lot of investors that I've worked with have an issue with is their desire and their need. And it's a totally normal human desire. And that's for safety and mm. security. So as a result, there are, you know, they have a desire to move out into the market. They want to purchase a property or they want to get involved in property investing. However, because of these beliefs that they have around scarcity, safety, orientation through their conditioning, as Perry said, they'll be very apprehensive on a, on a conscious level, but even more so on an unconscious level. So these, this safety orientation prevents them from stepping out and taking action. As a result, I see people who like to do a lot of research. So information is what's important to them and they feel that they're not quite ready because they don't have enough information. Mm -hmm. Now, they may go be going through a, um, a program that is training them in what they need to do around property investing, but they never feel as if it's enough or that they know it well enough. So they'll hold themselves back from actually taking action. They spend a lot of time looking at properties or doing research, going over numbers again and again and again. And what can happen is the opportunity passes them by. Can I dig a little bit deep into that? Because what I'm hearing you say, Georgina, is obviously you're talking about paralysis by analysis, meaning, you know, constant researching, feeling like they don't have enough information. But you said something earlier um, that I'll, something that I sort of want to sort of clarify. So it seemed like you were communicating that they were consciously aware of certain stories and comments. So they're the stories and comments that they're aware of. But you talked about the unconscious. And it seemed to me that you were saying that there are things going on in their unconscious that are more powerful than their conscious mind. And it's controlling them in some sense, but they don't know it. Is that what you were saying? Yes, definitely. The conscious parts, you know, the self-talk that we're, we're all aware of um, can hold us back. But when we start to work with people who have made a conscious decision to want to invest in property, it's really, you know, they push past the conscious self-talk, but it's the unconscious self-talk that's really going to um, prevent them. And as you said, we, we use the term analysis by um, paralysis by analysis, because this part of us inside believes that unless we have all the information, we're not going to be able to make uh, the right decision. And by not making the right decision, we're at risk, we're vulnerable, we could lose money. And maybe it's, it's you know, it, it can actually help 
have clients thinking that uh, maybe they don't really want property investing. So here, here's a question for you around that, because I'm still sort of digging into that thing. So could that be happening unconsciously? Could someone be walking around as an investor thinking, you know, uh, I'm really going to go for it. I'm going to really go for it as an investor. And on the unconscious level, they're just full of fear around security, as you've pointed out, and, and are really, really afraid. And, not, and, and that person not know that they're deeply afraid on an unconscious level. Can that happen? Yes, 100%. In fact, most people who have, uh, who come across, uh, who I come across, who are investors consciously believe that they're ready to invest. And but unconsciously they, they're not. Is that right? Is that what that's you're saying? That's exactly right. Unconsciously they're not. In fact, they won't even necessarily be aware of the fact that there are, is what we would term parts of them that aren't willing to take that step forward. They have, have parts of them that say, yes, this is what I want. And the other parts are really looking around and making, wanting to make sure that that security and the safety is there. So they're not conscious of it, but it's preventing them from taking action towards what it is that they say that they want. So, so what I'm hearing you say again, like to me, this is very interesting, right? Because you've got, you're talking about parts and you're, you're talking about, you know, one part feels that it's ready to invest and there's another part that's not and they may not know about that part because it, it sits in the unconscious. They're not conscious of it. So uh, I, I take it from that, then there's conflict between the conscious uh, goal that they're aware of and the unconscious part that's carrying some contrary story. So it sets up conflict that Definitely. will diminish their performance. I get that straight away. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's like not being able to decide they'll take action in one direction saying yes this is what i want but then all of a sudden something will happen that will stop them and they'll change their mind and they'll sort of turn in another direction they're still going towards wanting to invest in property but they as i said they may stop they may find themselves doing other busy work rather than doing what's necessary to actually bring their property investing forward to actually take action and they won't be aware of it. And they'll, they'll say to themselves, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just busy. I've got to get this done first, or I've got to get that done. And then they'll get frustrated with the fact that they're not actually taking the action. And oftentimes they'll blame it on external things rather mm -hmm. than looking inward to figure out, well, why am I, I said I wanted to do this, but why aren't I doing this? So, so can we model that out on a real like grounded level, like a model of it? Because so what I'm hearing you say is the client, the, the client investor, you know, they might have started to invest or they're learning about investing and that part of them that's excited and, and, and confident is out there doing all the research upgrading their skills, maybe even starting to look for property, but then something uh, that they're not aware of, a fear on the unconscious level gets triggered. Mm -hmm. And then I think I heard you say that, like, instead of actually being aware of that thing on the unconscious level that's really stopping them because they don't look inward, they might start being busy with this or busy with that doing busy work is kind of what I heard you say. Is that correct? So the busy work is a way of doing what? So it seems like it'd be a way of avoiding 
what they're not willing to see on the unconscious level. Right. And the busy work can be stuff that's actually important in other areas of their life. <laughs> they could be busy with their family or, or busy at, at their job or other things that are quite practical. So this part of them seems like it's really logical. Mm -hmm. They're not aware of the fact that it's an unconscious sabotage towards their property investing. They just think, oh, I'm too busy and I've got lots going on and you know, I'm, I'm, I need to put my focus here instead of here. When in fact, if they really want to work towards their goal of getting their property investment portfolio, um, you know, rolling, then they need to be able to structure their time and be, and recognize what they need to do in order to move forward. And the minute they find themselves going in a different direction, it's the time they need to question why, why, why am I not doing this? This is what I said I wanted to do. Why is this more important than so, my property yeah, yeah. investing, which is I've, I've said, this is important. I'm investing time, energy, money, and effort. And there's a reason I have an outcome that I want to achieve, but all of a sudden that outcome doesn't seem to be important. Why is this? And for people who are willing to ask those questions, they can, that's what this work is all about, being able to go inward and find out, well, first of all, acknowledging that there is this part of them that is stopping them, then figuring out, well, what does that part want? Why is this happening? And what's going to win? My desire to invest in property for all the reasons that I know, or to keep myself feeling comfortable doing things that are outside of my property investing work. yeah so that so again just dig, digging into i hear a couple of things so the first thing when you talked about look they're uh, you know they're committed to investing they're doing their investing work the moment that an unconscious belief system or patterns triggered outside of their conscious awareness then they will start spending time doing other things that are important and then they rationalize well i didn't have the time but that rationalization even though it appeals to their ego yep because i didn't have time i had to do with the family i had to do this and these seem like all important things the real reason that they were getting distracted by those other important things was to avoid facing the very thing on the unconscious level that feels afraid about investing. So they get to avoid, rationalize. And then you said something really important. You said you, that they've got to, when they see that they're doing that, so here they are committed to investing. The moment they start to go to spend too much time in those other things, they should be asking themselves, I think the question you said was, oh, why am I avoiding this? And those why questions, and I'll probably throw it back to both you and Belinda, because those why questions, I, I imagine, would send that person internally. Because that why question goes, why am I doing this? It means that they're starting to access internal spaces and access their unconscious, correct? Is that what you're... Definitely. And, and as I said earlier, and that's why I started off with talking about the conscious feedback that goes on in our mind, we do know what that sounds like and what that feels like, but this is different. It's going deeper. It's, it's, it's noticing that there's a, an uncomfortable feeling or a desire to move away from what it is that we say we really want. 
Yeah. Belinda? Belinda? Yeah, well, um, really valuable um, insight, Georgina, and applicable to lots of people in, in, in lots of different ways. Um, I think what's really important here, especially for people listening, is to really stop and listen and, and think about what you're saying or what Georgina's saying, how, you know, because I, I can imagine a lot of listeners are listening to you, yeah, but the reason I can't do it is because I really do have to do this or I really do have to do that. So just really, I really want to kind of bring it back to what uh, Georgina said, that the difference between the conscious and the unconscious um, talk and the unconscious beliefs is that, Yes, it is you. She is talking about you. If you're the person who is really eager to, to get your portfolio happening and to, to move ahead and take the next step, but this, but it just doesn't seem happening, you're too busy or things are always getting in the way and happening to you, um, she is talking to you. That is you. There is unconscious. And the reason it's called unconscious is because you're, you're genuinely not conscious about it. We don't know it's there. Um, and even for myself, who works in this, uh, work, has worked in this arena for over 20 years, my unconscious is still unconscious to me. That, that's the whole point about it. So the only way that we can become aware of unconscious things is by having somebody else um, to, to see it for you. It's your blind spot. That, that's probably the quickest way. Um, and the other way is, as Perry and Georgina are both saying, is to look inwardly to yourself. And that, as far as I'm concerned, that's probably the that's the desired way. That's the, the long-term goal. Even if you are working with somebody else, certainly if you're working with any of us, that would be the, the goal, um, is to help you to be able to see internally to see what your own patterns are because you, you get good at that eventually and as Georgina said you know you need to ask yourself the question rather than oh this is happening to me again it's shit you know whatever tomorrow one day instead you have to stop yourself in the tracks and that point there is the point of change because as soon as you, you start asking a different question, you're firing off new neural pathways. So you're literally changing your brain. You're literally changing your mind. And therefore, you're literally changing who you are. Your experience in the world has to be different. Um, the one thing that I'd love to, to bring up as a little bit of content for what we can do right now to help ourselves is when you do stop yourself in your tracks, and it's easy, all you need is a trigger point. Um, you know, this is something a little bit different, but it, it illustrates a point really well. And that is, I was speaking with Warwick, my partner the other day, about being on your phone. You know how we're always on our freaking phones these days? I mean, everyone here I'm sure can agree that we're on our phones too much. It's an addiction. It takes us away from what it is that we're really wanting to do. And sometimes that can be a distraction from what we really want to feel or what we don't want to see, whatever it is. But we want to stop being on our phones. And at the same time, we were talking about, and Warwick was talking about, I'm sure he doesn't mind me sharing, I hope he doesn't, that um, you know he's wanting to become more conscious of his future self and what he's creating. And so he set up this trigger. When I go for my phone, when I notice myself going for my phone, I'm going to stop and I'm going to tune into my future self of who I want to be. Those things aren't necessarily, rela necessarily related. They may be, but that's a trigger. So he knows going for his phone is something that's stopping him from being who he wants to be. That's a trigger. So we can all find triggers, you know. So if your trigger is, you're, if you find that you're often saying, oh, I'm so busy, that might be a trigger that you can go, okay, whenever I say that, I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask myself the question, as Georgina said, why am I not getting to where I really want to go? But what I want to add to that, just to, a little bit of an add-on to that, is 
asking ourselves, instead of asking why, asking ourselves the question, what for? And this is one of the most valuable keys that I myself have ever gained in, in my own work um, because it unlocks um, or, or it, it creates a new pathway automatically. So when we ask ourselves the question why, uh, and there's a place for that, but it does turn our mind and our awareness into the past and it becomes problem oriented. So you know, if you say to somebody, if somebody's wearing a cast on their arm, for instance, and you say, why are you wearing a cast? So, well, because I broke it. But if you say to somebody, well, what's the cast for? Your answer would be something like, well, to keep it still so it heals well. So when we're asking ourselves these internal questions, a really um, good quality question to ask is what for? So, you know, um, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, oh, I'm picking up my, my mobile phone. Well, what are you picking up your mobile phone for? Oh, to give myself some excitement in life. So this is giving us a good indication of what it is that we're, we're actually reaching for instead of doing the thing that we really want to do, which is doing our work. And then we get an insight into our unconscious. Well, my unconscious wants more excitement in life. So this is valuable information. Definitely. Yeah, I, I hear like two things there that I take from that, I talk more than that, but two, two important things is the pattern interrupt. Yeah. So when Warwick reaches for the phone, and he goes, what was what was the question? It was about future self. Yeah, who, who, who's my future self? That's something he's working on at the moment. Who's my future self? So now he's embedding that. As he reaches to the phone, who's my future self? That's a pattern interrupt. And it, a pattern interrupts uh, stop, habitual, stop habitual patterns. I shouldn't say it stops them, but you are interrupting. Them. You are interrupting and, and interrupting, first of all, there are two, two mechanisms that are involved in that. To interrupt, you have to be aware. The moment you're aware, you're moving out of robotic habitual consciousness. Oh. Then the second aspect of that question was about the future self. Yes. So pattern interrupt awareness breaks ro robotic habitual uh, conditioning you're actually now making unconscious patterns conscious. And then secondly, when he asked about future self, which is his preference, he's now reminding his unconscious that spending time on this device is robbing his future self. So what that's actually doing at that point, it gives him a chance to interrupt the pattern and then reorder his value structure. Absolutely. Yeah. Reorder his value structure towards what he considers a more noble cause because Warwick's future self will be involved in his business as a father and as a husband, mm -hmm. okay, which will align with his far more noble values than the value of entertainment, right? right? And, and so you, that's the mechanism. Yeah. And, and, um, something of interest for people who are listening to this and thinking okay okay I'll do it but just if you really to get to kind of get an understanding of the um the process that happens behind this this is fascinating to me anyway maybe you guys won't geek out on it as much as I do but um when we have a thought you know, whenever, if we're having habitual thoughts, as you were saying, Perry, you know, that's literally firing, uh, uh, creating a, a pathway. And, and most people understand that. But what some of us don't know is that 
for a new thought to occur, you know, it fires off a couple of times, but once it starts firing off enough times, it starts to create its own network. So it becomes a new pathway. What that basically means is eventually, if you do that enough times, you, you, you can stop thinking about it because it's become a new pathway that's just, that also becomes habitual. And the really cool thing, and I can't remember the bloody technical name for this, but there's some sort of like glue inside your brain that when, when a thought occurs enough times, there's a, there's a chemical that's released. It's kind of like a glue that, that glues them together. Now, there's only a certain amount of that glue. So if in the same network, you're firing off another thought form and you keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it, not only does the glue glue that together, but it has to take the glue from somewhere else. So it actually takes it from the other pathway. So simply by focusing on what you want instead enough times, you get to a point, you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, it deconstructs. It deconstructs the, neural, the synapses and neural pathways. So the patterns that aren't being used, they use the same building blocks. So if you've got a pattern that doesn't work for you, um, but it's still a habitual pattern, the neural patterning in that part of the brain, the synapses bundles are really, really thick. When you start to develop a preferred pattern of thinking and a habit pattern, and you're starting to not use this, it actually breaks down. Mm-hmm. Compost. Yeah, and, and but as you quite rightly said, for the building blocks for the preferred patterns. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna say one thing and I'm back to Georgina because we're digging into uh, investor saboteurs. Um, everyone, I'm the only one here that understands structure, right? So I've got to keep <laughs> these guys on track because you can see Belinda's going off. Right? I'm the only structured person. Um, <laughs> it's only because I can't get a word in. <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to finish up. I'm back to you, Georgina. Um, based on what Georgina has said and what Belinda said, like for the most part, uh, humans are brought up and they're trained to keep their awareness outside of themselves into the environment to do what Georgina and Belinda are talking about, which is, is pattern interrupts and surfacing unconscious beliefs requires one to introvert awareness. So in the same way as I can just put my awareness into my hand right now, my awareness is placed here so I can start to feel my hand. We learn to bring awareness inside so we start to observe our personality working and our patterns in real time which means we're bringing awareness into the software that runs us habitually and we can start to to see how we really operate we can become aware of it we have to do that that's the the first part of change Um, and another tool since we're into giving tools away it's really good to use your phone so set up alarms set up an alarm every 45 minutes. If you're, you're not adept at having awareness and sight, set up an alarm every for 45 minutes. When the alarm goes off, you've got to take three minutes and you've got to bring your awareness in and start to scan your body and go, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? And that can be physical sensations, it can be thoughts, it can be emotional sensations. Now, if you do that consistently, you're in training your awareness to move into your physiology and your body. And you might be going, what's that got to do with anything? It's got everything to do with everything. If you want to be a conscious investor or a business owner, you need to entrain your awareness to be in your body before you can start to surface some of the unconscious patterns that are undermining you. Mm-hmm. Georgina. Yes, just as Belinda was talking, I, I, I realized I it's probably important to take one step back even from the awareness 
of what it is we're, we're doing and talk about our decision around what it is that we want. Because if we're not 100% dedicated to what it is that we want, then it will be so easy for these other parts of us to distract us from focusing on getting what we want. Mm -hmm. So this is one of, one of the key things that I believe a lot of people, I was working with a client this morning and she's got some ideas about what it is that she wants, yet on the other hand, the uncomfortableness of not having that certainty that I was talking about before is actually causes her to move into different directions. So her focus is really not geared towards what it is that she really wants. And it brings up all kinds of mental confusion and any of these patterns that we we've spoken about where from our conditioning, you know, maybe some low self-worth or not feeling like we know enough or a perfectionist part of us can totally sabotage what it is that we want. So it's really important to be certain about what it is that you want and make a commitment to yourself so that you can use these tools or you can go through these um, awareness experiences and say, is it really what I want? In the same way when Belinda was talking about Warwick's, is this what my future self, is this going to support my future self? He's committed to his future self, whatever that looks like for him. And for investors, if they're committed to building a portfolio so that they can have enough money to leave a day job or so that they can spend more time with their family and get some passive income or really make money on a level that they can't make in a day job working for someone else, this has to be their priority. And it, they have to keep with this pattern interrupt that we were talking about to be able to focus on what it is that they want. Sure, we're gonna, we're gonna wanna feel and understand what it is we're feeling that might be keeping us from it, but we definitely, if we can tap into what it is we really want, it's gonna increase our energy and our motivation and help to get us back on track sooner. Yeah, Georgina, thank you. Um, being connected to what you really want keeps reorientating your value structures. That's what it does. And you will, in the same way as you've just said, when Warwick looks at his phone and goes, well, what about my future self? And that reorientates those value structures and brings them back to what's important. And that helps drop away the patterns that are not supportive. Georgina, what are some of the unconscious belief systems that you have seen operating in investors that uh, tend to undermine them. And again, everyone listening or watching this, you've got to remember, Georgina's going to be sharing some examples. Uh, some of these clients are 50, highly intelligent, smart, incredibly sophisticated human beings um, who have all the capacity to achieve anything they want in life as a human being or as an investor. But these belief systems that Georgina is going to start to talk about, because they exist on the unconscious level of these clients, these belief systems rule them far more than their skill sets or the intellect. So, yes. yeah, can you share a few, Georgina? Yes, Perry. One of the big ones is um, money beliefs and how people have unconscious money beliefs and really on an unconscious level 
there's an undeserving or there's a belief that associates money with being a bad person, for example. So I, I remember working with a client who was a property investor and she told me about a property that her and her husband had become aware of. And it was a, um, a block and it had a, um, a store downstairs and above was a prop, um, um, an apartment. And it was perfect. It's exactly what they were looking for. However, she said to me, oh, gee, what ended up happening was we found out that there was an old man who lived upstairs and he'd been living there for like 17 years. And we thought, oh, we, we couldn't possibly take his apartment away from him. You know, he's been there for 17 years and, you know, he, he obviously wants to be there. He's been there for all this time and it would really be a bad thing for us to buy the property because they were going to tear it down and build something else. It's, it's obvious that, you know, we don't want to do that. So, you know, we had to talk about it and said, no, no, we're, we're going to give that one a miss. And of course, the reality was that this investor was projecting a story. She had feelings, you know, associated this older man who had been living in this property for 17 years. She, she took on a, a belief from her own personal belief system that if she purchased the property and ended up wanting to tear the property down, that she would be preventing him from continuing his life and that she would be a really bad person. And it was a, not a very good thing to do just for money. <laughs> and, and, you know, in order for me to bring her to an understanding of the fact that money and investing really emotions don't have any place in making decisions around investing. Someone is going to buy that property and whether it's was her and her husband for their reason of, of being concerned that they could be taking away someone's home kind of sounds a bit heartless. And when I brought it to her, she, she was sort of recoiled. And I said, but someone is going to buy that property and it could have been you. And you don't even, you're not even aware of what this gentleman's circumstances are. You've projected a story wherein he may have a family who's been wanting him to come and live with them. And he thought, oh no, I need to keep up, you know, my, my, my place. And, you know, all these stories that we can project onto a situation that are really just an excuse because there's a part of us that doesn't want to be perceived as being bad or wrong or gee I don't deserve this money if it means I'm going to take something away from someone else yeah Sh shameless plug here everyone shameless plug is if you don't sort out your unconscious stories patterns and belief structures you'll just keep getting the same results and if you listen to what Georgina's been sharing it's really important stuff because she's sharing stories about investors that are walking around sabotaging themselves and not knowing why knowing why is the first step the second step is then transforming the belief systems that are identified the stories that are identified this is really hard to do on your own you're too close to yourself and one of the things that you'll find is that you're 
personality and ego have its own defense mechanism, meaning you might think you want to know the truth, hmm. but you won't really want to know the truth, not on the upper levels of your personality until you reach a certain state of consciousness, by the way. Until that point, you'll just judge yourself. You only want to see what's good about you. And therefore, you have a bias within your psyche that keeps you seeing what you want to see and not seeing what needs to be seen if you want different results. This is why when you work with someone like Georgina, Belinda, or myself, you are working with people that are trained to see what you can't see about yourself and then very sensitively and compassionately help you surface those parts and stories so you can see them for yourself and you suddenly drop into a deep awareness of why you haven't created the results that you have wanted to create or you haven't reached the uh, levels of achievement that you've wanted to achieve. Um, so don't be shy. Come work with us. The other thing that's uh, really important, we're, we're talking a lot about patterns. We're talking a, a lot about um, uh, unconscious belief systems that impact investors. But you've got to realize these unconscious belief systems impact every area of your life. They, they impact your ability to live in purpose, mission, be loving, to have good relationships, to, you know, how you feel about life. Mm. You, you, th this is really important priority work. I, I just wish knew, more people knew about it. You actually got to take control of this thing and you've got to take control of reshaping this thing so it works for you. Um, just really important lifetime work. And I, I can just speak for the other two here. Like none of us here sort of think, oh, we're going to go and do a personal development workshop for two weeks or we're going to do six months of personal development. We're all dedicated to constantly surfacing stories and beliefs from the unconscious level that are undermining us because life changes. We always set new goals and you're either a person who wants to evolve or you're not. We only want to be around people that want to evolve. We only want to work with people that want to evolve. People that want to evolve are, are willing to get honest about themselves and be real about themselves. And they want to know every belief system that runs them. They want to know everything about themselves because you that's the start of performing better, of being a better person, of, 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 of evolving. Like there's no personality that is perfect, but we have there's something inside all of us that's always calling us to evolve. And what's really interesting, I'm just going to go sideways here, Georgina, I'm, I'm going to go on a bit of a blurb, um, <laughs> but it's like it's, it's, there's something inside of us that wants us to evolve. Now, if you honour that impulse, it means you've got to be real about where your personality or ego is keeping you stuck or it's less than the ideal that you have for self and for life. And if you want to evolve, you're constantly working to bring your personality, your belief structures in alignment with, I'll come back to what Belinda said before, some version of your idealized self, which should come from a deep place within self. And in, in some ways that come, takes us back to the old alchemists, right? You'll probably get it when I say it in that way, that you're constantly working on your lower nature. So you evolve and, and start to work 
with higher levels of consciousness, higher levels of self-mastery. And this isn't woo-woo because it actually makes you far more effective in the world as an investor, as a business owner, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a mother. Um, yeah, really important work. So we're probably going to start to wrap this up, but Belinda. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to add something to what you're following along, what you're saying, Perry. We who have been doing this kind of work for years want to be doing it. We make conscious choices every day to want to do it. But when we first decided that we needed or wanted to do some personal development work, like most people, we probably all had some sort of crisis. Things weren't working properly in our life in the way that we had been moving or interacting in the past. So oftentimes investors may have already dabbled in investing and they may have not thought about some of these patterns and they may have lost money. And so they, they just re-emphasize some of these patterns of, of um, low self-worth or not knowing enough. But what's really what really we find a lot what happens is it's crises or experiences that are so painful that we can't ignore it any longer and then we're willing to go deeper internally and not be projecting everything on the outside because we we come to the understanding that we really can't control what's going on on the external and all we can really control is what's going on inside of our own mind inside of our own body inside of our own world so if you're listening to this and you're feeling as if gee things aren't working out or you know there there are crises there are, are fears that i have this may be exactly the reason why, why you are listening to it because there is part of you that is ready to make a change and doesn't want these crises or these experiences to be ruling your life anymore. And as Perry said, you can, what we ultimately are here to do is live on purpose, live in a way that gives us joy and, and, and freedom and what we're actually here to experience in this abundant world. But until we start to get conscious, those crises are going to continue to happen, these experiences. And one day when we're ready, We'll be willing, in fact, we'll open, we'll, we'll welcome with open arms the ability to look internally and to start experiencing some of these things that we're talking about in this session today. Thanks, Georgina. Belinda? Yeah, I mean, that was so beautiful, Georgina. Uh, what can I add to that? Um, Perry said that we're all, there's, there's something inside of us that's always wanting to evolve so true and so beautiful and a reminder that everyone is wanting to evolve you are everyone that's listening and it might simply be that you want your business to be better it might not be that you want to become mother Teresa. that's an evolution is, is having a better more efficient business there is always a part of you that's wanting to evolve and the other thing i wanted to to just touch on there is like georgina said it's all it's often crises that instigates uh, desperation to look for something that's going to work but you know what and this is the really cool thing that I love nowadays I'm seeing more and more people who before crises hits is saying I want to be even better and my life's okay 
you know, my life's okay, but I want it to be freaking awesome. And so, you know, you could be that person. And I know that I am, and I know Georgina and Perry, you know, we don't have to have crises anymore because now we know how awesome it is to keep evolving. And so once you start doing that work, or if you, if you haven't started yet, but already your life is pretty good, you can start now and make it like freaking amazing. And once you start doing the work, you, you stop calling it work <laughs> because it's just awesome. Like it's, you, wouldn't, you, know, you wouldn't live any other way, would you? You just, you, you couldn't, you know, like I can say that my life, and I know both Georgina and Perry would say the same thing in their own way, my life is everything I ever wanted it to be. It, it truly is. And the hardest part of me doing the work these days is taking the ceiling off who I want to be now and what I want now because it just, and it comes and it's it's ecstatic. Yeah. But, that, that, that thing right with the crisis, like <laughs> I think you, you do crisis. I was fortunate to have crisis at a really young age. I've got to tell you <laughs> that right now. I, I honestly, like it's hard things in my uh, childhood mm. but that forced me at a young age to get into this work where a lot of people won't until they're older and so just to finish off with that whole thing around crises if that thing with crises if that gelled with you what happens is you'll have a crises now what crises is there because crises for the most part if something keeps happening if you keep having these crises show up before the crisis shows up you'll see that your results show you that you're heading towards a crisis unless you deal with something. So crisis, crises very rarely just happens out of the blue. Okay, so a financial crisis, if you keep having financial issues, you know that there's a high likelihood that you're gonna have a financial crisis. If you keep having small health, health issues, you're highly likely to have a big health issue. So those small things are designed to help you be conscious. Now, what does be conscious mean? Because I'll come back to what Georgina started with. The little thing happens and the little, you look at the little thing goes, well, that's not what I really want. And if you're being conscious, you go, what is it in me that needs to be improved so that doesn't happen again? Mm. Or what is it in me that acts and behaves a certain way that I've got this result? Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that earlier on, mm-hmm. you're going to self-correct because you realize that the universe is a feedback mechanism. So you're going to self-correct and you're not going to get the crises. Crises only happen. And there's a reason for this is you get the little bits of feedback, <laughs> but your ego can't handle the truth yet. It can't handle the truth in one way or another. So it will ignore it, hope it goes away. Or blame. Now, if you do that, and we'll talk, we'll talk about, I'll talk more about the once we get to the crises, you're guaranteed to the crises. Now, when the crises comes, you can be an uninvolved person and you can get angry, right? Because what you'll do is you'll project it onto life that life somehow is doing this to you and then you'll be angry. So as an example, <laughs> your relationship breaks down and you're a man. So you're a man. All of a sudden, those bitches, those bitches, bitches because it's not you right <laughs> right where a conscious person in that situation would be going what is it in me that contributed mm. to her being that way mm-hmm. right? what is it in me that contributed to that 
And the answer to that could be something as simple as I didn't walk away when I knew I should have. You know, it doesn't need to be a correct game. Correct. Yeah, correct. That's right. But that question drives you in to see a truth about self and a pattern. That's how crises are used. So anyway, I hope everyone got a lot from today Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed it, Belinda and Georgina. Thank you. And again, uh, by the way, if you're interested in this work, if you want help surfacing, come and do some work with us. Just go to the website and you can book a free coach chat or better still, if you want deep work that's going to last you a year, book a breakthrough session with Georgina and myself. Uh, we've also got the Whole Brain Wealth course running at the moment. That is an amazing course. Check it out on the website. It really helped you understand how to work with this thing, rewire this thing, provides all of the latest brain science, which is really quite fascinating. It's taking transformational work to another level because we now have ways of measuring what works and what doesn't work. But there's a whole bunch of tools. There's over $1,000 worth of tools that you can use on your own consciousness and to identify belief structures and to transform self in the whole brain wealth course. So check it out if you're interested. It's really good value. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.